it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hello, folks. Welcome to Cudlow. I'm Larry Cudlow. So inflation came in a lot hotter than Wall Street expected and stock markets absolutely plunged across the board in response. We got Art Laffer and Breitbart's John Carney going to run it all down for us. Meanwhile, Joe Biden makes a plea for Ukraine money, never once mentioning the open border catastrophe here at home. And House members Corey Mills and Scott Perry going to tell us what the House is going to do about this. Meanwhile, Tony Bobulinski sings and testifies before the House oversight that the Bidens sold out the U.S. to Ukraine and to China. And then Joe Biden's going to get a medical, but he's not going to get any cognitive testing. So how are we going to know if he still has all his marbles? Goodness. First up, let's go straight to our own Edward Lawrence, who was standing by at the White House with all the gory details of today. Edward, lots cooking. Yeah, a lot. And you talked about it right at the top, talking about the markets, this hotter than expected uh, CPI inflation report. It signals to the Federal Reserve that they may not cut rates until maybe this summer. And that's what the markets reacted to. Uh, the markets uh, trying to figure out uh, that, you know, when a, a March and a May rate now might be off the table with the numbers they're seeing here. Now, the White House trying to spin it month over month, though. Key indicators point to inflation possibly ticking back up. Obviously, we understand there's more work to be done, but this is an economy that is in a much different place than it was a year ago, a much different place, obviously, than it was three years ago. Uh, when, you see, uh, when you see eggs and milk uh, and products like that at the grocery store going down, they're lower than they were a year ago. That's important. Yeah, it talks about the time frame, but look at what many things people have to pay for. Rent is up 6.1% year over year. Car insurance is up 21% in that time. Electricity up 3.8%. Still, the White House talks about trends. Now, since President Biden came into office from January 2021 to January 2024, overall inflation up 18%. Food is up about 21%. You see the rest of them there. So here at the White House, a surprise add to the public schedule. President Biden pushing House Republicans to spend more money, $95 billion in a package to Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific saying this. You got to decide, are you going to stand up for freedom or are you going to side with terror and tyranny? You're going to stand with Ukraine, you're going to stand with Putin. Will we stand with America or with Trump? Yeah, now I was in the room there. The president said he would not take any questions because he wanted his message to stand, pushing House Republicans there. He turned then and walked away. Larry? Edward, what was that last thing? And you, you had an important... He said, or do you stand with he a, sta a, America with, or With Trump America or do you stand with Trump? That stuck out to me also. The president there obviously making this political, uh, trying to put sides on this, saying, you know, Trump yeah. might not stand with America on that. But, yeah, that was a very interesting, interesting thing the president slipped in there on this report, obviously on purpose. All right, Edward Lawrence, as always, fabulous comprehensive report. Now... For a little bit of the stock market, not much of a stock market day, of course. 
if it doesn't report by Jerry Willis, it didn't happen. But today was kind of ugly, Jerry. It was very, very ugly. It was a big stock sell-off that started at the open and really continued nearly all day long, getting a little better at the end. Let's take a look at those major market averages, if we can. Uh, the the uh, Dow here, uh, down 524 points, 1.3 percent. It was off as much as nearly 800 at one point. So this is an improvement. S&P 500 down 1.3 percent. The Nasdaq off 1.8 percent. So big changes for those indexes. Really nowhere to run, nowhere to hide in the sell-off. All of the Magnificent Seven, those are the companies you expect to see go higher, not doing so today. Tesla having the roughest stride, off by 3%. NVIDIA, the AI chipmaker, the best of the group, losing only 1%. That's what qualifies as a great day today. Also, stung bank stocks, the majors, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, and Citigroup, all in the red, trading lower. But regional bank stocks really taking it on the chin. KRE, that's the S&P Regional Bank ETF, off by 4.9%. Dallas-based Comerica, that's just an example of one of the many regionals, off 6.2%. Utilities and consumer discretionary sectors all falling more than 2%. And, hey, Larry, it didn't help that late in the afternoon, Double Line Capital's Jeffrey Gunlock said rising interest rates could spur company defaults. So a tough day. Back to you. Yeah, you know, that Jeff Gunlock, I've known him for years. He's a very smart guy. We should get him on our show, producers. Let's call him. He's a very, very bright guy. Anyway, Jerry Wells, as always, great stuff. Folks, um, let me just get in here. A quick word on this hotter-than-expected inflation. Joe Biden's heavy-duty federal spending fiasco is forcing interest rates to rise and keeping higher-than-expected inflation alive. Biden has poured in almost $6 trillion in new spending, and it looks like he's planning on at least another $4 trillion in the years ahead. That, according to the new CBO baseline. Bidenomics would move federal debt held by the public all the way to $48 trillion from $26 trillion presently, as though that weren't bad enough. And there's a share of GDP. Biden uh, borrowing could reach 116% in the years ahead. That is well over twice the 50-year average of only 48%. So you have the Fed trying to restrain inflation on the one hand, but the Biden administration's huge spending and borrowing looks to be increasing inflation once again. Today's unexpected CPI, three-tenths of 1%, coming to 3.1% over the past year. Now, that may not be a short-term one-shot aberration. Important point. Over the past three months, core inflation, that is excluding food and energy, is up 4% at an annual rate. Remember, the Fed's target is 2. Jay Powell's goofy inflation measure of core services excluding housing, well, that's actually up 6.7% annually over the past three months. That's the fastest rate in 19 months. Meanwhile, services inflation itself rising 6.4% over the past three months. And just to add to it, the latest ISM survey of manufacturing prices, well, that's just moved above 50% for the first time in quite a while. These aren't good numbers. They suggest inflation is creeping higher, not lower. Long-term bond rates spiked all the way to 4.3%, up 14 basis points. They've been shooting up since the new year began. All of Biden's government spending, yes, gave them a temporary boost to GDP. But now they're paying the inflation piper. 
Actually, we are paying the inflation piper. Outsized price hikes continue to pop up all over the economy. Groceries up 21 percent. Energy up 29 percent. That's since Biden took office. The CPI itself up 18 percent. Want more? Eggs, 37 percent. Gasoline, 33 percent. Baby food, 29 percent. Electricity, 28 percent. And I can go on and on and on. With all these price hikes for live-a-day essentials, real average weekly earnings for typical families have fallen by 4.9 percent under Bidenomics. That key measure, by the way, under former President Trump, rose $6,000 for families, or roughly 9 percent. All right. Minus 4.9 plus 9. There's a contrast. So, folks, the moral of the story is you can't spend your way into prosperity. I'm dying to say money can't buy love. All of a sudden, prices are going up again. Interest rates are going up again. And the Biden-created affordability crisis is worsening. If it weren't an election year, the Federal Reserve should probably be tightening their money and interest rate targets. But they're not going to lower them. That's for sure. Like I said, money can't buy love. Let's talk about this with John Carney, Breitbart Economics and Finance Editor and co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest, which has a cult following, and Arl Laffer, his own cult following, former Reagan economist and presidential medal, uh, freedom recipient and author of Taxes Have Consequences. John Carney, you've been speculating. You know, the last few reports, not so good. This one kind of blows out a lot of things. What, what do you make of this? Let's start there. So first of all, I think it's important. It is not one report. You'll hear a lot of people say, oh, don't make such a big deal out of one right. report. I've been pointing out for the last few reports that, in fact, inflation was no longer falling and was probably going to climb again. And that's what we're seeing here. If you look at the underlying inflation numbers, they're even worse than the headline numbers. Median CPI, 60 percent oh. trimmed mean CPI. Wait, what was the median? That's that Cleveland Fed. Right. The Cleveland Fed takes what's basically the middle of all of the numbers right. and says, okay, here's the real underlying Chops number. off the high and the low. It was up 0.5% oh, for the month. Well. So this is a, look, we're looking at a huge increase in inflation. It was pulled down by some things that we can't even depend upon. So energy prices fell for the month. But look, we have a big problem in the Middle East right now. We can't depend on that keep happening. We also still have some goods disinflation happening. That's probably over. We're going to start seeing the price of goods climb again. And so what we're going to what we're looking down the path at is higher inflation later this year. We had the, the, the year over year number 3.1 percent was down from a month ago. But that's only because last January was five point right. was was zero point five six. So we had a huge number that dropped out of the year over year number. So the trend is up. The innards of this report are not good. And um, that median CPI. Do you remember what the year on year was for that median CPI? I, I think it's four point nine. Got a four handle. Yes. I think so. Yes. Too. So Art Laffer, um, uh, money can't buy love, but it can buy higher prices. And it's an interesting thing because. It's fiscal. It's government spending money this time around, it seems to me. And um, there is no sign that that is abating or slowing down or going away because the Bidens love to spend the taxpayers' money. So what do you make of this problem? 
Well, first, I think John is completely correct on what he said. Uh, I would like to add that the core inflation, the core inflation has exceeded the CPI inflation for the last 11 months. And what John said Mm. was they dropped off a very high number this month. Uh, There's going to be a lower number next month. But then the next three months on both the core and also the CPI are very, very low and that high and they're going to drop off. And this is going to be even worse for the Biden administration. This has been a not a good week for Biden. And frankly, these numbers do, as John said, look to be almost permanent. There are going to be more rises coming in the future, and which is a bad news. And uh, interest rates being up tell us that the market expects this, Larry. Uh, this is a bad number, and the Biden policies are just plain not working. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note, by the way, uh, in Jerry Willis's report, with market interest rates rising, not the Fed's target rate, but market rates, which, after all, are very, very important, more important than the Fed's target rate. Market rates have been going up since the first of the year. Bank stocks are going yes. down. Regional bank stocks are going down big time. You've got a commercial real estate threat out there, okay? Commercial real estate loan. Uh, we're going to have uh, Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary on, I think, tomorrow or the next day to talk about that. These are all issues. So our, what's the impact, okay? What's the impact on the average typical family, on working folks, okay? Middle-income working folks, blue-collar folks, and maybe some lower-income folks, too. What do these price increases do to them? Well, what it does is it raises the cost of living for all of them, Larry, and that makes it really bad. You know, people buy on prices, not on inflation. But when inflation goes higher and higher, the prices get higher and higher as well. So it just irritates and aggravates the family. It makes it worse off. And there have been some other reports that have been out that the jobs held and the jobs created and all of this about the Biden administration really hasn't gone to the same group of people. And the jobs there for non-immigrants have not risen very much at all. And the median income has also not risen anything like it should have. And wages, real wages from the beginning of Biden to today are lower than they were when when Biden took office. Mm. So, you know, it's a it's a cacophony of of problems flowing down. And that in conjunction with all the rest of the stuff, which is on the news, Larry, that you cover so well, it's just really making it for a very, very tough week for Biden. And I think it's going to continue being tough, both economically and also uh, politically for him. So there's a report out today. There are 183,000 less U.S.-born Americans working today than in 2019. Uh, A big chunk of the jobs have gone to illegals. I don't want to do it in this segment, but it's still an ongoing problem, and it just shows you the difficulties on the border. And the other point is, John Carney, just, I mean, this this played on Breitbart, and um, uh, real wages have come down. In part, not only, but in part because of cheap labor from the um, illegal immigrants. That's right. I mean, I'm going to say bless them, even though I think it's absolutely wrong what's happened. It's created a a fiasco of of, uh, of, uh, border security. But that is a reality. They're taking the low end, low skilled jobs away from native born people. Um, And, by the way, Larry, not just from native-born people, but from recent immigrants. The people who get hit the hardest are the legal immigrants, people who came in here over the last 10 years who are literally at the bottom rung of the ladder are getting that ladder kicked out from under them because of the flood coming over the border. This is a big problem. 
uh, Biden, you know, they, they call us anti-immigrant whenever we say we need to control the border. But in fact, the people getting hurt the most are recent legal immigrants. That's a great point. Uh, I am pro-legal immigrant and will always be. And we have room in this country to accommodate a million or so every year. Maybe they know something about this country. Maybe they speak English. Maybe they have a but job. But not uncontrolled numbers that That's come right. over. You know, That's right. We're, we're, we're going to be looking at a million a month if we don't get control of this border. John Carney, uh, I know it's an election year, and the Fed's not going to tighten up their interest rate targets. But at what point does this really turn around the Fed's own assessment? Every time the Fed comes out and says something, they're wrong. So they said, you know, six months ago, the economy is weak and going into recession. And like the rest of us, they were wrong. The economy turns out stronger. Now there says, talk about three interest rate cuts and inflation is coming down to their target. It looks like they're going to be wrong about that. Right. They are wrong. The inflation is not coming down to their target. I mean, look, Powell was very smart to say we're not going to cut in March. They're not going to cut in May. June looks very questionable. There aren't that many reports coming. By the time they get out to July, they better not start cutting in July because the political backlash will be enormous if they do that. So I think it's very possible we don't see any cuts until after Election Day and maybe none at all this year. The market isn't prepared for that. That will punish stocks and people will be shocked. All right, Leffer, just one more time. These individual prices, you make the point. We all try to make this point. There's something called the overall inflation rate. It is lower than it was a year and a half ago, but individual prices continue to rise, albeit more slowly, but they continue to rise. Over three years, this takes a huge toll on family budgets, and it takes a toll on what earnings are worth. The earnings are worth less. You go to the store and you buy less. This is a big political problem, is it not, Art? I mean, Biden can he can try to move his way back and forth. But this is what's plagued him. I call it the affordability crisis. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, it's a huge problem, Larry. But not only is inflation not coming down any longer, if you look at the numbers that are dropping off the index and if you look at core versus regular CPI. Core has exceeded regular CPI for 11 straight months on inflation, which means that prices are going to be rising at a faster rate, not a slower rate going forward, at least for the next four or five, six months. Now, that's what's going to happen. And all of that provides a huge political problem, plus a real economic problem for people who are working, uh, people who are trying to get jobs, people who are there. It's a real serious, real problem, as well as an enormous political problem. And if I can say, putting it on top of all the other stuff, it's just a death knell for this administration, I think. Arthur, eggs are up 37 percent under Joe Biden. That's a lot. Eggs. Now, Why'd I, you pick that for me? Why'd you pick eggs? For, because <laughs> eggs are very right. healthy, and I want you to have your eggs. Every now I and love then, eggs. you got to have love eggs, eggs Larry. even though they're up 37%. <laughs> you're a successful, wealthy guy. You can afford it, but not everyone can. Eggs are very important, and that's all I'm going to say on the subject. Art Laffer, thank you But don't put them much. all in one basket, Larry. Uh, no, don't. Here we go. Art Laffer, th- money can't buy love, you know? That's all that's going Don't on count here. them before they hatch. That's my wish. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Also, and Mr. (laughs) Cliche. Coming up, folks, on Cudlow, Joe Biden makes a plea for more Ukraine money. Here's the thing. He never once mentioned the open border catastrophe here at home. That is the northern border and the southern border as well. So what are the House members going to do about that? We'll ask two leaders, Corey Mills and Scott Perry, next up on Cudlow. And folks, remember, you can catch Cudlow Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. right here on Fox Business. 
If you can't catch us at 4, just DVR the show. Text your favorite 9-year-old. She'll show you how to DVR the show. You'll never miss a thing, and no one will ever throw eggs at you. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. So the Senate last night chose Ukraine over our own border security here in the U.S. And so now I want to know what the House is going to do about all that here to tell us. We welcome Florida Congressman Corey Mills and we welcome Pennsylvania Congressman Scott Perry. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, let me just play a quick clip from Speaker Johnson. Here it comes. Take a listen, please. National security begins with border security. We have said that all along. There's a deliberative process, and we're engaged in that, and, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But as I've said many times, national security begins with our own border. All right. National security begins at, uh, at the border. Uh, but I got to say... Uh, Scott Perry, I'll start with you. That's a bit of a non-denial denial. It doesn't really say whether there'll be a vote on the floor or not. And I think that Americans are still furious. And I wanted to just add northern border security is now coming into play. 484 came over on the terrorist watch list. They were apprehended. And, of course, the southern border has been an absolute, utter, daily catastrophe. And Joe Biden didn't mention a single word about U.S. border security in his little speech today. Scott Perry, what do you make of it? Well, look, in the Senate, they're slow learners. And, of course, I'm not really what, sure what to say about President Biden. I'll let you make your assessment on him uh, on your own regarding uh, his abilities to understand. But the House has said over and over again that we're not going to be interested in funding, securing other countries' borders thousands upon thousands of miles away while, while ours are wide open. We just heard your economic report, which includes... Yeah, the things that our citizens are enduring because of all these people coming across the border illegally, that has to be what is solved first. Once we solve that, then we can talk about a whole lot of other things. But that has to be front and center. The Senate's going to get it one way or the other. And if it means that they just got to continue to pass bills that never come to, uh, to light in the House, then, then so be it. Fine by me. 
Corey, you know, putting in another $100 billion, I mean, maybe I'll sound like Rand Paul, but I'm happy to sound like Rand Paul. Others have said the same thing. We had Marco Rubio on last night saying it. Putting in $100 billion, we're going to be on our road to four, uh, $50 trillion of debt. And, Corey, for what? Here's what I don't understand. Mr. Biden doesn't lay out our aims and goals in the Ukraine. He doesn't lay out any sort of diplomatic exit ramp or negotiations. And he seems not to care one whit about the whatever uh, six, seven, eight million illegals crossing the border. And there's going to be a lot more this year. No, I don't know what the strategy is for either the war in Ukraine or the border. All I know is we're throwing money at it. And, Corey, the inflation rate is starting to rise again the last few months. Well, you're exactly right, Larry. Look, the bottom line is, is that we're $34 trillion in debt. That's the equivalent just next year in our interest service payments alone at being over $900 billion, which is the equivalent of our entire national defense annual budget. And if President Biden truly wanted to secure our borders like he continues to try and tell the American people, he could do it right now under executive authority with 212 Section F. He could snap his finger with unilateral authority. Meanwhile, you got the Senate and their arrogancy trying to pontificate whether or not we should be prioritizing our borders or another border. The reality is, is that we have to stop funding these endless wars. We have to stop prioritizing the people that we weren't elected by and start thinking about the people that are coming across our border illegally. 8.5 million across our border, 1.8 million in guideways. That's not including, like you just pointed out, all those on a known terrorist watch list who's crossed our borders. This is a national security, a humanitarian, a health crisis. We, as elected officials, are elected by the American people. I'm elected by Florida's 7th District. I will serve the American people, not Zelensky and his people. You know, um, Scott, it just occurs to me, look, you guys are the leaders, but here's the thing. Biden is trying to make this about saving Ukraine. And I think we have to save the United States. And it isn't political. I just think that if you look at the numbers, 80% uh, of Americans want to do something about our border. And Biden is ignoring that. And I just think if you turn the conversation back to our border, the Ukraine thing uh, will make less and less sense unless we go back to a border bill, Scott Perry. You follow me? We need a border. The U.S. public... The, I don't know what the Ukrainians want. I'm not smart enough to know. I'd like to see negotiations with Putin, to tell you the truth. All right? I don't like Putin, but I think there should be negotiations. Right. But I'm just saying American folks want to solve the border for any number of reasons. Well, maybe the president is, is detached from reality, but Representative Mills and myself are not. Our, our bosses, our constituents, the citizens of America, whether you're in Florida or whether you're in Pennsylvania, are demanding that we fix the border. And, of course, like you said, the president is not mentioning it at all. Meanwhile, we're supposed to ship our hard-earned tax dollars, people that get up in the dark at night, pack their lunch, put their kids on. Well, their kids go on to get on the bus before, you know, after these folks have gone to work. They're working hard to pay these bills, these inflationary bills trying to put food on the table that they can no longer afford. And this president wants to send their tax money over to Ukraine without any plan. We don't know what the mission is. We don't know what success looks like. And, oh, by yeah. the way, where is Europe? Why aren't they fixing the problem in their neighborhood? Why is it America's issue to fix not only our problem, but their problem as well? You know, all the big countries, we did this last night, all the big, um, not the U.K., but France, Germany, Italy, and Canada, G7 countries have not paid their 2% of GDP 
fair share for NATO. So that's a great point, Scott Perry. You know, we had Tuberville on last night. We had others on last night. I, I don't like Putin. I don't like Putin. Don't get me wrong. But why is there no effort at a diplomatic channel, a negotiation? It would help the Ukrainian people and might help the Russian people. And then here we have to do something. Corey, I'm going to give you the last word. I'm just saying, I think our foreign policy is just completely topsy-turvy out the window. And I know that our domestic border policy is topsy-turvy also. Well, look, the bottom line is, is that President Biden and the Democrats haven't recognized that our foreign and domestic policies are intrinsically linked. As you talked about, the three biggest players, Germany and Italy and France, don't pay 10 or 2 percent yeah. of their overall function. 1947, NATO was created to stop Soviet Union expansionism. They're now actually saying, no, we don't care about that. In my opinion, we go back to President Trump's stance, which is that if you don't pay your bills, you don't get the Article 5 services. We need to understand that NATO stands for now America takes over, just like the U.N. stands for useless nations. We have to go back to protecting Americans, protecting our borders on both sides, and working for the American people as hard as what Schumer and McConnell, the two Democrats in the Senate, yeah. are working to try and fund these foreign aid packages. Yeah. I hate to say it. It's a repeat from the last segment, but money can't buy love. Anyway, Congressman Corey Mills and Congressman Scott Perry, you're both terrific to come on. Good luck, gentlemen. All right, folks, coming up here on Cudlow, Tony Bobulinski. Remember him? He's singing before the House Oversight Committee today. And his message is brutal. The Bidens sold out the United States to Ukraine and China. We have Congressman Andy Biggs, who is in the room to hear the discussion. He'll be with us next. Plus, get this. Get the, Joe Biden's going to have medical checkup. But it, it will not include a cognitive test. So how are we going to know if he's got all his marbles? Liz Peek, Batya Ungar Sargon will weigh in all when Kudlow returns. So, Tony Bobulinski, very tough deposition today. He told the House Oversight Committee that Biden sold out the U.S. to Ukraine and China. Let's talk to Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs. He was in the room. He joins us now. Andy, thank you for this. This sound was very brutal, very candid, very direct. Just, just uh, thumbing through this, that basically he's saying the influence peddling depended on the Biden name and the power of his higher office. The Biden family business was Joe Biden, period. And he accuses them of uh, dealing with the China oil company and the Ukraine. And in particular, uh, Andy, apparently he cited I'll, I'll get your uh, testimony in a minute. But apparently he cited uh, the fact that Joe Biden was sitting next to Hunter Biden when they did that uh, $10 million shakedown of the Chinese uh, energy CEO sitting right next to him. So is that what you heard? You were in the room today. Yeah, uh, Mr. Bobulinski was very forceful, uh, provided documentation. Um, and, you know, he's pretty I think he's credible. Everything he says has been verified by other people. So when he says Joe Biden was the was the product that the Biden family was selling. That was verified by Devin Archer. That was verified by others. Uh, when he says he met with Joe Biden, he can tell you the day he met with him, where he met with him, why Joe Biden was there. Uh, and, you know, so he's talking really in 2017 at the Milken uh, uh, conference in, in Beverly Hills. Mm. So I, I thought he was very, to me, he's very convincing. And I think he supplied enough uh, connection between Joe Biden. I mean, don't ever forget that Joe Biden told us and his his campaign people told us, and they told us for years, hey, Joe Biden, 
uh, didn't know anything about Hunter's business, and he never, nobody in the uh, Biden orbit got any money from China. Simply not true. You had what, what Tony was talking about today to uh, say the, the FD 1023, the FBI statement. You have a plethora of, mm. of information connecting Joe Biden to the shakedown, uh, which is what Joe, what Hunter Biden was engaged in, this the shakedown and, and selling of influence. Andy Biggs, one thing that uh, Bobolinsky says, which is very interesting to me, he says, United States law enforcement appears to have been singularly unwilling to speak with me or hear the facts we will be discussing. He goes on to say, I have never been contacted to provide testimony nor asked to speak with anybody connected with Biden's administration, including the Justice Department, the FBI, or the Internal Revenue Service, or local law enforcement, or uh, Special Attorney David Weiss. In other words, nobody in the uh, justice area, I'll say, even though we know it's a two-tier justice, nobody wanted to talk to Bobolinsky. This guy's a Navy veteran. His father was a Navy veteran. They're both decorated. Uh, he's given money to Democrats. It's not like he's some whack job partisan Republican, et cetera, et cetera. And nobody wanted to solicit his opinion. I just find that incredible. Well, don't don't be too surprised about that, because every every agency you're talking about engaged in other acts to protect and uh, uh, Hunter Biden, whether it was DOJ basically saying, hey, that laptop, that's not real, mm. whether it's the intelligence community saying that's Russian disinformation. So Bob Alinsky's coming in. He's got mountains of documents. He, he, kept, he kept three phones from the era from 2015 to 2022, uh, excuse me, 2020, where he's got these text messages between him and Hunter and everybody like that. Um, they can't get those because they're Blackberries. I don't know why he was still using a Blackberry in 2015, but he was still using a Blackberry. For, for Pete's sakes, and they, can't, they claim they, they can't get the information. But what's more striking, I want to add to your, your bewilderment, what's more striking to me is when he was looking over the document, when they finally released the, the FBI statement transcript to him, he felt it was wrong in places. They reached out and contacted the FBI saying, we want to make corrections, we think it was wrong, and they still didn't get any, wow. uh, any response. Wow. That's amazing to me. Yeah, it is. Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you for this preliminary discussion. We appreciate it very much, sir. All right. All right, folks, moving right along. Joining me now on set, I needed some company. Liz Peek, syndicated columnist, Fox News contributor, Batya Unger Sargon, conservative journalist and commentator. Ladies, welcome. Uh, enough of uh, enough of that. Uh, here, I'm a, Joe Biden said today, or as people said today, or his wife, whom we're calling Mrs. Wilson, said today, you know, the inside <laughs> joke. Um, anyway, he's going to get a medical, Liz, but he won't get a cognitive medical. Yeah. If he doesn't get a cognitive test, how do we know if he has all his marbles? Yeah, I know. Uh, you th I, I think this is a teaser because I think you don't think he has all his marbles. I, uh, I, I'm empirically yeah, yeah. asking this question. This conversation has gone on for four years, Larry. Remember when in 2020 people were saying, why doesn't he take a cognitive test? But so now it's really dire for Joe Biden. All of this can be resolved if he took a cognitive test and did OK. End of discussion. Obviously, he can't do it or he would do it. If you really want to put 
the 86 percent of Americans who think he's too old to run at ease, take a cognitive test, have the results verified, come out and say, look, I told you I was OK. I am totally OK. And here's the proof. He can't do it. Did you see his little speech today about Ukraine? Do we have a tape of that? I know it's not in the script, but we had something before. He looked so feeble, you couldn't barely hear him. Okay, he's trying to sell the Ukraine money. I don't happen to agree, but whatever. That's not my point. My point is how feeble he looked. And to Liz's point, they can't continue to get away with this. Now, whether he runs or not, the public is completely turning against him unless and until he shows that he has some cognitive abilities or recovery or something. But here's my question, okay? So on Ukraine, for example, on funding, right? Mm -hmm. He's no different than any other Democrat. On the open borders, in 2019, during a Democratic primary debate, mm. they were asked, who here agrees that we should decriminalize illegal border crossing? Larry, every single person on that stage raised their hand, yes, except for one person, poor John Hickenlooper, who didn't go very far. Oh. Marianne Williamson, yes. Right. Pete Buttigieg, yes. Kamala Harris, yes. Mm. Bernie Sanders, yes. Mm. Marianne Williamson. All of these people agree with him. The Democratic Party agrees with him. And I say all this not because his uh, cognitive abilities aren't terrifying. They are. But to say that he is a perfect representation of where the Democratic Party is at. It is waging class warfare against the working class right. through the open border. With or without his marbles. Through Ukraine funding. Yeah. Exactly. Right. With or without his marbles. Yeah. You're saying the marbles are irrelevant. Let's just play. Could we have this quick clip to play. Here, here it comes. Here it comes. Take a quick Quick look. Supporting this bill is standing up to Putin. Opposing it is playing into Putin's hands. House Republicans, you got to decide. Are you going to stand up for freedom? Or are you going to side with terror and tyranny? You're going to stand with Ukraine? Or you're going to stand with Putin? Will we stand with America or with Trump? Oh, I, I mean, that's pretty awful. Just awful. Yeah, it's um, so uncomfortable. The best thing that could happen to him is his daytime TV. Nobody saw it. Yeah. All right. But in all honesty, it will be shown in primetime TV on this show tonight. Yeah. That whatever you think, I agree with you. OK, the policy is far left stuff and it's failing everybody. I totally agree. All right. One but, other. But point. I do think. Can I just say something about that? No, it's too much fun. <laughs> I know. But, but Republicans, I, I've said this before, Republicans need to run against the policies, not just an old yes. person. No, 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 I, mean, I, I, I do think that well, is completely I valid. Well, I want to talk about new Republican National Committee. Uh, Mike Waitley and Laura Trump and Chris LaCivita, uh, particularly Waitley and Laura Trump. Um, here's the thing. The Democrats are going to do the best they can to sabotage, to lawfare, to um, uh, mail-in ballots, uh, to undermine and steal this election. And the Republican National Committee better be ready for it. That's my point. That's how I... I don't know these people. The guy, he's the head of the uh, uh, RNC in, in North Carolina. Fine. I do know Laura Trump. She's a very bright woman and so forth. Uh, Las Vegas done a good job. But they're going to try to steal it. That's my point. I think that's a Bet great point. It. Bet on it. Um, I will say... The most important thing for the GOP to be focused on right now is not just running against things, 
but running for things. How are you showing your working class voters, who are the majority of the GOP right now, mm. that you are creating a pathway to the American dream for them? Because for working class people, that is becoming harder and harder. What are you running for? What are you running on? Not just what are you running against? I agree with that 100 percent. But Liz, going to give you the last word because you have all your marbles. Um, <laughs> So the, far. The RNC, I mean, they have, they're the machinery. Yeah, no, and no, I agree. the machinery has not done so great in the yeah. last several elections, yeah. last word. I, I, interestingly, I went back and looked at by cycle fundraising. They've not done so badly on fundraising, mm. but it's the legal stuff, Larry. Mm. You are totally right. They need to be out there incredibly active and preventative in terms of the stealing yeah. of ballots and the and the drop boxes full of ballots that somebody's harvested that really are not correct, et cetera, uh, got to be proactive on yeah, this. And I, hopefully, hopefully, by the way, Laura Trump will will get the fundraising machine really activated because it has the Trump name. I do think that's well, good. She's great. I'm yeah. just, you know, they have just got because they're going to try to steal. Democrats yeah, no question. The darn All the dirty tricks possible. Liz Peek, Batya Unger, Sargon. Thank you, ladies. We appreciate it very much. All right, folks, next up, Fannie Willis. This woman is in a heap of trouble. She won't tell the truth. She's going to lose her job. She's going to lose her case against Donald Trump. She's going to lose everything. We've got a live report on this from Hotlanta, Georgia. I'm Kudlow. Money can't buy you love. All right, Fannie Willis down there in Hotlanta, Georgia, is in a heap of trouble. Fox News' Steve Harrigan live in Atlanta with all the latest. Steve, what you got? Larry, there's a big hearing on Thursday, and that's the hearing that Fannie Willis did not want to happen. A judge insisted on it. The focus of the hearing will be her relationship with the prosecutor that she hired. When did that relationship start? And did both of them profit from that relationship? Willis has said these allegations against her are just gossip. But a judge says differently. A judge says if these allegations are true, she could be disqualified from the case. Because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by uh, the defendant could result in disqualification, I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record on those core allegations. We could see some real fireworks on Thursday if the judge makes Fonnie Willis take the stand. One defense lawyer has already said that Willis and Wade, the prosecutor she hired, are both lying about when their relationship started and that she has the witnesses to prove it. Larry, back to you. So let me just get this right. We've got a minute. The possibility, the, the allegation, they knew each other well before 2022 had their relationship, quote unquote, then she appoints him, then she throws 700 grand at him, and then they go and joyride with the 700 grand. She could lose her whole career from this if those allegations, in fact, are true. Lose her career, and when you give false testimony, false affidavits in court records, it could even be a criminal offense. Well, I'll tell you, Steve Harrigan, one of the themes of this show is money can't buy you love. And here we go again in Hotland in Georgia. Thank you ever so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Larry. Folks, I'll be right back with my last word. So we learned tonight inflation is alive, not dead. We also learned throwing more money at the Ukraine is unwise. Closing our U.S. southern border is the right thing to do right now. And we're going to turn the whole show over to Liz McDonald early 
absolutely early to Larry, get as much as possible. Thank you so much. That was a really good show. I yeah. loved it. You thank hit you. everything, nailed everything, right on the nailed it right on the head. Thank you so much, Larry. We've got breaking news coming in, new developments coming in. Let's get right to from the Fox News Podcasts Network. In these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.